It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Derek G, saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of LOT, we will celebrate Russell Westbrook's 107th triple-double. Wow. Russell Westbrook now tied for third on the all-time triple-double list with Jason Kidd. How far does Russell Westbrook have to go to catch his next victim, which is Magic Johnson? And how likely is it that he will catch Magic Johnson? Uh, I'll just tell you now, it's very likely that Russell Westbrook's going to catch Magic Johnson. Maybe even this year, Russell Westbrook could catch Magic Johnson. We'll explain all that in segment number one. Plus, we'll tell you how Russell has become a victim of his own success. There was a great example of that this morning, and I really honestly couldn't believe what I was seeing on ESPN. I'll tell you what that is, and we'll hear from Russell Westbrook. He'll talk about how blessed he is to play the game of basketball and what it's like to give a kid a pair of his shoes, and how meaningful that is to Russell Westbrook. I won't necessarily call him a humble guy, but I do believe that Russell Westbrook, because of how he came up in the world of basketball, which is very different than how most players come up today, he certainly can appreciate how hard it was to get here and what kind of impact he's made. None of that is lost on Russ at all, for sure. And for as great as Russell Westbrook's night was, had Russell Westbrook not tied Jason Kidd for third on on the all-time triple-double list, Jeremy Grant would have been your player of the game. That guy absolutely killed it last night on both ends of the floor. And yes, I know it's against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but why it was significant to watch Jeremy Grant play the way he is and see him start to develop because the Thunder may not have a big three. They may, they may in fact, have a big four. Plus, we're going to talk about some of the other trades that Sam Presti has made. Where does Jeremy Grant rank? And think about the way we were talking about this team a couple of years ago when it was just Russ and the Pips and where this team was going, what we could really expect from the Oklahoma City Thunder and you were wanting to trade people like Jeremy Grant. How much has that attitude changed amongst Thunder fans here this season, watching this guy develop and looking at how wide open the Western Conference is? And finally, we'll discuss whether or not Sam Presti got burned on the Kyle Korver trade, or should Sam Presti have made the move that the Jazz did? And that was announced during pregame last night that Kyle Korver got traded to the Utah Jazz. What do the Thunder have as far as assets go? I'll tell you what the Thunder have as far as draft picks. Could they have pulled this deal off? Could they have pulled the Jimmy Butler deal off? And why we may be limited in our scope 
of what we can expect from Sam Presti here in these next couple of seasons as the Thunder GM. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, as well as News Radio 1000 KTOK. I've been covering the Thunder for six seasons now, loving every single minute of it. I am a credentialed member of the media, and if you like what you hear, please go to LockedOnThunder.com. We have all our podcast archive. We also have video from players and coaches, and you can subscribe at Apple iTunes, and you can even get more at LockedOnPodcast.com. What a night it was for the Oklahoma City Thunder and their fans. And if you were fortunate enough to be in the arena last night to see Russell Westbrook get triple-double number 107, then I hope you kept the program. I hope you found some sort of souvenir that is suitable for framing or just to have as a keepsake and talk about. Because last night, looking in the stands, there were a ton of empty seats. And the one thing I always say about the NBA, people are like, well, it's you know, it's 82 games, 41 at home, and you know, not every single game is important. Well, one, this year that couldn't be further from the truth with the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Western Conference and as tight as the Western Conference is becoming, every game is important and one or two games may separate you from the second seed all the way down to the fifth seed. So yeah, every game is important. And two, you never know when you're going to see something incredible, and that's certainly what we saw with not only Russell Westbrook last night, Colin Sexton had a monster game. Jeremy Grant had a phenomenal game last night, and then of course there was Jordan Clarkson and Paul George. It was just a fun night of NBA. But to put things into perspective with Russell Westbrook, who is now third on the all-time list for triple-doubles, he does this in just over 700 games, It took Jason Kidd over 1,200 games to get to this mark. And the thing about Russell Westbrook is he so often gets a triple-double. And in the last couple of seasons when he averaged a triple-double and got that last one towards the end of the season where everybody was clearing out so Russell Westbrook could get enough rebounds to average a triple-double, Russ has now become the victim of his own success. It's become old hack where, one, we as Thunder fans are not really appreciative of Russell Westbrook. We don't appreciate Russell Westbrook unless he gets a triple-double. If Russ gets anything less than a triple-double and his shooting selection isn't perfect, and Lord knows it wasn't perfect the other night against Denver, or he struggles from the free throw line or it doesn't look like he's getting guys involved, we tend to forget how great a player he is. And so does the rest of the national media. Yesterday, or today actually, I could not believe what I saw on ESPN when they led SportsCenter and they led Get Up and First Take. Every single show ESPN had today led with the Rockets, and James Harden versus Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. And James Harden got a triple-double last night, but so did Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook's triple-double was historic. James Harden wasn't. But Russ was the second story today. And to me, that's ridiculous. There was absolutely no reason for Russell Westbrook not to lead SportsCenter and every single sports show in America because you don't see a guy make history Every single night. And that's just an example of Russ being so incredible 
that whenever he does something incredible, we just sort of blow it off and, we, and we're like, yeah, that, that that's Russ. Russ now only needs 32 more triple-doubles to pass Magic Johnson, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that he that he gets those this year. I don't think he will, but he's going to eat into it enough where at the absolute worst, the next season, the 2019-2020 season, Russell Westbrook will pass Magic Johnson for second all-time on the triple-doubles list. And the problem that I have with the way a lot of people talk about the triple-double is Russ is diminishing it. And you've got so many guys getting triple-doubles these days, whether it's Russ or LeBron James or Giannis or whoever, that it's just not special. Bullcrap. It's still special. It's still extremely special to watch a guy like Russ do and do it in the fashion that he did last night, which I would say is probably one of the best triple-doubles he's had Um, scoring the amount of points that he did last night, grabbing 19 rebounds, having 15 assists. And what what was it on the point total? It was over 20. It was over, yeah, 23 points last night. Just absolutely amazing. No, not everyone can do that. And yes, the NBA is more wide open than it ever has been. And you probably have better athletes playing the NBA now than what what they've ever been at any time in the NBA doesn't always necessarily mean they're better basketball players. It just means that they're more athletically talented. And and, and Russell Westbrook, one one of the things is is for as much as I criticize Russell Westbrook for making everybody wait, making the media wait two and a half hours for his post-game interview against Denver, one of the things I really love about Russell Westbrook is the fact that he had to work much harder than what the average NBA star has to work to get here. And that's not saying that they don't work hard, but you have these childhood prodigies that get groomed at a very young age, that get lumped in with these AAU teams, and they get all these handlers, and they get facilitated to universities, they get met up with, they get introduced to the right guys to help them get shoe contracts. And Russell Westbrook was one of these guys people weren't really sure about during his high school career. UCLA felt like they were taking a chance on Russell Westbrook, and he's more than paid them back. He's more than paid the Oklahoma City Thunderback for drafting him as high as he is. And that's why, as much as it drives me nuts to interview Russell Westbrook and talk to him after a game and feel like he's just saying stuff to get it over with, last night I could tell he was being honest and sincere. And even if you still weren't getting a ton out of Russell Westbrook, this feat... Giving his giving a pair of shoes to a kid, none of it is lost on Russell Westbrook. And here is Russ after the game talking about what it means to be third on a list with Jason Kidd and other Hall of Famers. Um, like I said after the game, um, I am extremely blessed and humbled to be able to go out and play and compete um, in the NBA in itself. Uh, just to be named with Jason Kidd, Magic and Oscar and those guys, uh, I could never dream dreamt about, about even sitting here talking to you guys. So I, I take everything in and uh, never take anything for granted. What did you think of the uh, some of the young guys you got, obviously got into with the guard opposite of you? Deontay got in there and then later just good play. Did a good job, man, of um, coming in, competing, uh, playing hard, being aggressive and being ready. Uh, that's the most important part in the uh, show tonight. One more thing about the post-ups. Do you typically know where the double is going to be coming from before the play even starts, or are you reading it once you're down there? 
Depends. Sometimes some teams come on a dribble, they come on a catch. Um, they wait. Just got to read it and see. Um, but always just a waiting game to see what teams do. Hey, Ross, what's it like for you just to, to watch a, a kid react to getting your shoes? Um, I didn't see his reaction when I kept walking, but um, for me, I'm assuming it's got to be um, just a, a blessing just for me to be able to either have my own shoe to give to a kid. Um, and I just take it all in. I don't, like I said, everything I don't take it for granted one bit. Uh, the impact that us as players and myself have on people all across the world um, to be able to do that. Um, whether it's a high five, shoes, autograph, whatever it is, to have that impact, it's, uh, it's a blessing. And you to be to use that and impact others. You ever get that when you were a kid growing up? Uh, no, I never. I've been to one NBA game when I was growing up. Uh, so I never had the opportunity to be able to go to an NBA game. But now that I am and I have the platform, I'll make sure that um, anytime I can, every game, whoever. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to be able to give every kid a shoot. But if I could, I would. Russ, what's made y'all so good out of third quarters this season um, compared to last? I think y'all had the, the best point differential in the league this year in the third quarter. I don't know. I don't know. We, we, we own it this year. I don't know anything about last year. All I know is. Russell, we when you think about athletes, one thing that is always said about them is they get in the zone and their game gets elevated. In the second quarter, I think you had seven assists and the game just seemed to come very easy to you. Did it seem easy out there? Did you hit a place where it was just rolling? I uh, know, I just play. Like I've told you, told you guys many times before. Uh, good or bad nights, I play the game, do whatever I can, whatever my team is needed um, at the time. Uh, that's what I do. Else? Even though you didn't get much out of Russell Westbrook, there was something that I kind of keyed on there. And it wasn't even a basketball thing. It was more of a PR thing. Russ saying that he would like to be able to give every kid a shoe, and he can't. Don't be surprised if some of Russell Westbrook's people pick up on that, and you see some sort of event where Russell Westbrook does his damnedest to give every single kid in Oklahoma City a shoe. I just, I, I, that, that just seems prime publicity and the kind of thing that Russell Westbrook likes to do and things that uh, certainly will get him in good with everybody here in Oklahoma City. Like he's not already good in with, with everybody here in Oklahoma City, but don't be surprised if something like that gets set up or, or something very close because there's, de there's definite gold, as they say. There's gold there to be mined, and I would bet that some of Russ's people will mine it. Uh, real quickly, Abdul Nader, seven points, 100% from the floor, two for, two for two last night, four points. Yeah, big night for Oklahoma City. This is, oh, I, I haven't even mentioned how much I loved watching Colin Sexton play last night. He was an absolute treat. I thought he was going to be better than Trey Young in the NBA. And if you're going to the game on Friday night, now you get to compare these two. Colin Sexton was great. And Russell Westbrook mentality talking trash to the bench last night. I loved it. I loved everything about Colin Sexton's game except his, except his defense. But he's a rookie and he was having to guard Russell Westbrook. Pretty darn tough assignment. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next... Well, because of Russell Westbrook's night, Jeremy Grant gets overshadowed. We'll talk about Jeremy Grant's night and what's developing there with the Oklahoma City Thunder all right here on LOT. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All our podcasts are available at LockedOnPodcast.com. All the Locked On Thunder Podcasts are available at LockedOnThunder.com. And Locked On Sooners, along with Locked On Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you can subscribe to Apple iTunes. You can get it on your smart speaker. Your smart speaker which means Alexa. It also means Google. You can get it at Stitcher and at Spotify. There's several ways to get the Locked On Podcast Network. We are the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fantastic night for Jeremy Grant last night. Scores 21 points in the Oklahoma City Thunder win. Also had a few blocks. Where I was really, really impressed with Jeremy Grant last night wasn't even so much that he was showing proficiency from beyond the arc or... He was he seemed so easy, able to score, easily able to score when he was inside the paint or even on the defensive end. It's just how physical he played last night. Like it was almost his personal mission to make sure that everybody on the Cleveland Cavaliers knew just how big and athletic he was. And if you were going to challenge him, he was going to make you pay loved the effort. He was about the only guy I saw all night from the word go give 48 minutes worth of effort every time that he was on the floor. Because I didn't like the way that the Thunder started out last night at all. And when you think about how important these games are in the Western Conference, you got to go out and you got to win every single night. You've got to at least try your ass off to win every single night because... That one or two games could be a huge difference in the standings, and Jeremy Grant played like that. He got the message. After as crappy as the Thunder played on Saturday, Grant was the guy who was coming out and making sure, if anything, I would give credit to Russell Westbrook. Give credit to Russell Westbrook. And I know we're going to hear from Billy Donovan in a moment, and I know Billy Donovan is always going to tell you a guy like Russell Westbrook sets the tone. Jeremy Grant set the tone last night for Oklahoma City. He was the guy that everybody seemed to be feeding off of. When the Thunder trailed, Grant was the one that seemed to have that energy that everybody was trying to pick up. Also thought the bench played pretty good last night as well. But when I think about Jeremy Grant, I think about when he first got traded here to Oklahoma City. And Ursin Ilyasova was here. He went to Philadelphia. Grant was here. And for the first season, everybody was trying to figure out what this kid was about. Oh, he's athletic, but he doesn't have this. Well, he's... And there was talk of trading Jeremy Grant and talk of, well, Sam Presti made a trade, but ultimately, what did he get into him? 
or what did he get in a guy like Jeremy Grant? What you've got is a really solid NBA player who's going to continue to get better. We forgot how young the Thunder were with him and with Steven Adams. And I want to say that that was the same year, if, if, it was, as much as everything runs together. I want to say it was the same year. Steven Adams got his contract along with Victor Oladipo and everybody lost their mind and Adams didn't have a good year and blah, blah, blah. Well, now we're seeing Steven Adams have the type of year everybody's been expecting from him as he just goes out and gets double-doubles on a nightly basis. Jeremy Grant is starting to develop into that guy, develop into that really good athletic forward that can hit from three, which is very important for Oklahoma City, and things are starting to come together. Like, the team that you wanted in Oklahoma City is finally here. And instead of having a big three, it may ultimately be a big four. And when we talk about some of the trades that Sam Presti has made, Paul George will always be number one on that list. Trading for Jeremy Grant might end up being the number two best trade that Sam Presti ever made because he's going to play here for a long time because he's under contract. He's going to continue to get better, and and he, along with this team, are going to be able to grow up and continue to develop. And in this Western Conference, having Grant and George and Steven Adams, I'm telling you, when they get into the playoffs, not only are they a tough out, but they're the one team that Golden State doesn't want to play, and there's absolutely no reason for them not to make a run because with as tight as the West is, there's one great team and a bunch of and a bunch of teams that are just kind of grouped together, which you got some good teams, but not a lot of great teams. And the door is open there for Oklahoma City. And Jeremy Grant is going to be a key part of that if the Thunder are going to make a run. Here is Billy Donovan after last night's game talking about talking about Grant amongst other things. Well, I think you know one is we we were, we were really um, I think guys got down the floor, they got up the floor, we were in really good spots. Um, Certainly there were some mismatches that I thought Russell exploited and kind of got us back in the game where he really passed the ball out of the post uh, in certain things we were doing offensively. And I think he was reading the game, reading the floor, um, and he was able to make some plays. I think that was important. But we, we, got the, we took a lot of shots in around the rim tonight. I thought in the first quarter we struggled to finish around the rim and around the basket. And I think once we got into that second quarter, certainly close the half out, we finished much better around the basket. Hello. What do you think about Jerry's role? I think he had his 21 points tonight. It seems like he's pretty adept at you know, kind of crawling that baseline the way that Andre does when Russell's penetrating, when, when Stevens looking to pass as well. Well, you know, I've always said this. I, I think early in the year he was maybe a little bit too much on the perimeter and above the break. And, and I think him, he's a very, very good non, I mean, a, a corner three-point shooter. And he is really good along the baseline, one, because he finishes, and two, he can really offensive rebound. I thought his defense in, in the first quarter really saved us because they were shooting lights out and they had some stuff at the rim that he erased and blocked, uh, which was important because the lead could have been a lot bigger than it was. Um, but I think to your point offensively, when he's down along the baseline playing in those areas or he's in the pocket or in the middle of the floor, he's really effective and can make a lot of things happen. I wonder, uh, Billy, if uh, just if you go through Russell's second quarter just a little bit more because his, his vision seemed elevated. He just seemed to, I don't know what clipped him into it, but be operating on just a different plane. 
Well, I think what ended up happening was, you know, they had Usman guarding him in the beginning, and then as the game wore on, and I give him a lot of credit, recognize that. But, you know, it, everything that, that, that he did tonight flowed out of our offense, where the floor was spaced correctly. It gave him opportunities on double teams to make some reads. We had some situations where we flooded the floor along the baseline. He was able to find Jeremy and Steven in around the basket. And then there was times where he, in the second half, was left one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, isolated, he was he was able to score. So he did a, an incredible job, I think. You know, organizing, <coughs> running the offense. Guys were in really good spots. The floor was spaced really well, and then guys were able to make plays. And I thought our ball movement was really good. I thought we swung the ball. We got it from side to side. Now we didn't shoot it well. I think we could have had a, uh, you know, a really really good offensive tonight. It was just one of those things around the basket. And I thought Alex had a lot of really good looks tonight. Just it just just didn't go down, and um, you know. We, we missed some layups. We missed uh, things around the basket. Uh, but scoring 100 points to me is a little bit misleading because I was really encouraged by the kind of looks and the opportunities that Russell generated for our team and then our team was getting. Myra? Well, the injuries you got is that, that two-guard spot. You're kind of trying to you know, different, different stars there. What do you think of Deontay Burton coming off the bench there for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I give a, I, I give a couple guys a lot of credit. You know, I, I give Raymond Felton a lot of credit. You know, as a, as a veteran guy and sitting on the bench and then coming right in to close the third quarter out and playing the way he did. Uh, he did a great job. I thought Nader coming off the bench, you know, did a really, really good job. Um, and then to your point, Deontay, you know, in that in that uh, first half, gave us a little bit of juice and a little bit of life and made some plays, got to the rim, and then. Um, and then played uh, well in the second half. So I know it was encouraging to see him perform the way he did. And I think I've said this before. You know, it's a challenging situation sometimes for him because as a young as a young NBA player, he's playing multiple positions, and there's a lot for him to retain. And he's done a pretty good job of that. Anyone else? Go ahead, Clark. Yeah, just one more question about Deontay. He played 60 minutes tonight, but you know, Terrence is out, and Hamadou is out, and I, I don't know. You know, when they come back, how many minutes there might be for him? But he seems to be playing at a at a high level. Is uh, do you, are you going to have to figure out ways to get him in the game? You know, coming up. Well, it's like I said before. You know, you're not going to be able to play everybody. You know, I think if you do try to play everybody, what happens is maybe no one's in any kind of rhythm or flow. So, I give our guys credit. There's been a high level of sacrifice on our team. There's been an understanding that um, they all want to do what's best for the team. We've had some injuries. Some guys have been able to step up, and you know we'll see how it plays out when guys get healthy. Uh, but you know Deontay is a multi-positional player, so you don't have to necessarily lock him into one position. So there may be opportunities to find him minutes because he can play several different positions on the floor. And as far as Deontay Burton goes, don't get too comfortable seeing him with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's only got 45 days in the NBA. And talking to a Thunder spokesperson last night, that 45 days doesn't necessarily mean that if he's on a plane and traveling with a team, that that necessarily counts. Um, the public service stuff doesn't count. But at the same time, when you practice, that does count. And the Thunder have to be very judicious about that whole situation. Plus, you've got Diallo and Ferguson, whom they really like right now. I don't think you're going to see Deontay Burton with the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. I could be wrong. They also know that that, that last spot that they have on the team is very expensive, and I'm, it doesn't sound like they want to give it to him. Plus, with that 45 days, 
It's 45 days period, and that includes the postseason. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We wrap things up talking about the new addition to the Utah Jazz, a guy that Oklahoma City Thunder fans wanted, dude by the name of Kyle Korver. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available at LockedOnPodcast.com and LockedOnThunder.com. Also, you can subscribe via Apple iTunes. We wrap things up today congratulating the Utah Jazz on getting Kyle Corper, a player that most Oklahoma City Thunder fans wanted. Not going to happen this year. And in order to get Kyle Corver, the Jazz had to give up a couple of draft picks. In fact, they had to give up two second rounders and they ended up giving up Alec Burks. And the Thunder just didn't have the draft picks to make this deal happen. In fact, the 2019 second round draft pick the Thunder have is now with Charlotte. And that's because of Hamadou Diallo. The 2020 first round pick, which is protected if it falls into the 1-20 to spot, is it with Orlando. And the 2020 second first round draft pick is with, Ala- is with Atlanta. Or 2022 first round draft pick is with Atlanta. And that's protected for spots 1 through 14. So the Thunder just didn't have the assets as far as what the Jazz are looking for. Which, yes, there's always going to be that one or two guys that you always wanted to add. But I think when you look at the Thunder roster as a whole, Sam Presti's pretty darn happy with it. That wraps up things today here on LOT. I'm Eric G. And we will be back tomorrow talking more about... Trey Young coming to town. Trey Young back in town after going to Atlanta and playing at the University of Oklahoma. Him versus Colin Sexton. We'll get into that a little bit more. And hopefully we'll uh, we'll explain what reevaluation means when it comes to Andre Robertson and other members of the Oklahoma City Thunder. With that, we say may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And peace, love, and thunder up. You are locked on thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.